0: It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We're Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com. that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us at 312-726-1243. Many people don't realize that sexual exploitation is happening in their own communities. What can everyday people like you and I do about this? Well, today we'll be speaking with Simone Helpin. Executive Director of Naomi's House, a Ministry of the Moody Church in Chicago that offers hope and healing to survivors of sex trafficking. Naomi's house is one of the few unfortunately comprehensive residential programs that exist in Illinois to provide the resources that allow victims of exploitation to have a new start. Simone, welcome back to our show.
1: Hi Rich. Thank you
0: uh. We left off our show last time, and I do encourage listeners to go back and listen to the uh, story of Naomi's house and how it got started and the kinds of work that you're doing with uh, women. Um, But today I want to take us in a little bit different direction. And to do that, tell us about how Naomi's house is right now helping women find healing and restoration.
1: Well, we are a comprehensive Program, Rich, and you know this, and we um, we address everything a woman needs to start a new life. And so it's important for our listeners to know that when a woman has gone through sex trafficking, when she's been a victim um, of sexual exploitation and has been treated as a piece of property, um, her life has been shattered. And when she comes to Naomi's house, she needs a wide Range of resources to essentially start her whole life over. And so this includes emotional, spiritual, and practical resources that give her access to tools that will empower her to have control over her own. Life again. Um, As you can imagine, for a victim of sexual exploitation, she was told what to do and where to be and how to act and how to dress and what to look like for so long. And that dignity was robbed from her. It was taken from her, from both her traffickers as well as the clients who would purchase her um, for sex. And to restore that dignity in her again, to give her authority over her own life again, um, it, takes, it takes months, sometimes years for that healing to, to take place. Um, and it also takes a variety of resources for her to have that healing and that restoration back into her own life um, once again. So it doesn't happen overnight which is why our program is slow. It's individualized. And again, it's comprehensive to address every aspect um, that she needs in order to start a new life after it's been shattered from exploitation.
0: Well, I had mentioned in our introduction that there really aren't a lot of resources out there in Illinois. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. What's there and how is your house different from other programs?
1: Right. So the reason why Naomi's House started is because our involvement with women who were victims of exploitation um, led us to those who were in the field for much longer than I have been saying over and over, long-term residential care is what's needed for a woman who is coming out of this life. And so that's what... Um, inspired Naomi's house to even open in the first place. And so when we started, we basically had a blank slate and we were we were able to ask the question, what is it that she needs? And in order to answer that question, we also had to ask questions like how did she get into this lifestyle in the first place? And then how does she start a new life afterwards? So that's what I think is what makes our program Um, different than maybe a different program that exists elsewhere, is that we crafted this based on what we learned from those who were in the field, who have been providing care and services for women for so long as well as survivors themselves. So we have a huge survivor influence in what we do. Um, and so the two things, there's, there's several things that I think that make us different and special, but two that really st- help us stand out in terms of having an effective program is that, number one, we're 100% trauma-informed. And so what that means is that every person that our women, the residents at Naomi's house, spend time with understands that our women have experienced traumatic events. So that it impacts the way their brain functions, and it essentially impacts the way their whole body functions. So healing for someone who's gone through a traumatic event looks different um, than maybe healing for somebody who hasn't. And the other thing that we do that is a piece of being trauma-informed is that we're individualized. And, Rich, this is so important for people to understand. Um, when a victim of sexual exploitation has opportunity to go through healing and restoration, it looks different for every single one of these women. It's important that we're individualized because an assembly line approach to healing will not work. Just like you and I are different and we have a different experiences in our lives, So do women who've gone through sexual exploitation. And so they need a care program for them that is specific to not only what they've been through, but also the way they heal and where they're going. Um, And so our end goal as an individualized and trauma-informed program is to give her tools, not to make her more like me or more like you or more like the staff, but to give her that authority, again, over her own life that makes her her most authentic self, the way that God has designed her and the gifts that he's given her. Um, And we just give her the tools so that she can become that person. Uh, And we see it happen, Rich. It's a beautiful transformation process that women go through when they're at Naomi's house.
0: You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Mauck and Baker. If you're just tuning in, make sure to visit mauckbaker.com to hear the rest of this interview. Today we're speaking with Simone Halpin, Executive Director of Naomi's House. And if you're interested in this incredible ministry that's going on and you want to learn more about it and the wonderful work that they're doing, you can go to naomishouse.org and find out more about them. So, Simone, let me bring you back. You said there were three aspects to this ministry, and you've talked about two of them. The third one was a spiritual aspect, and I think you're probably somewhat unique in that as well. Tell us a little bit about that. This is a Moody Church um, ministry. How does it work?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. So, we, um, we, everything we do um, at Naomi's house is rooted in the Gospel of Jesus. Um, we believe wholeheartedly because, um, not only myself, but the staff that work at Miami's house, we know personally that a life without Jesus, um, is, is not life to the fullest. Abundant life only comes through the gospel of Jesus. And so this is the message that we share with women who come to Miami house. We are motivated by our faith, um, to, um, provide the services that we do, um, but what's interesting, and this is something that I love to share with people, is I'd say half, probably, if not more, of the residents who move into you Neomitas know, and go through our program are Christians. They are women who believe in the gospel of Jesus. Um, they've just been terribly abused and um, a lot of times their faith has been impacted because of the abuse that they've gone through. And they ask, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? And so our program just provides them a safe place to ask those questions. And hopefully they will find answers to those questions um, as they wrestle with God so, um, and, and we do our best as a staff and as sisters to these women to, to ask, let them ask those questions and then walk alongside of them, point them, pointing them to scripture, um, that might bring them some, some clarity to why their life looks the way that it does. Um, and I just have to say, I'm just really struck The more I'm involved in this ministry and getting to know women who are going through our program. I learned so much for them, Rich. It's, It's it's not me bringing answers to them. It's really me learning from them because they're so raw and authentic in their faith. But then I just see constantly in Scripture, I cannot get out of Luke chapter 8 right now. I've read it probably a dozen times over the last few weeks. And Jesus' heart for women um, who have been somehow marginalized, whether through demon possession or through um, prostitution, or there's even a story of a woman who is hemorrhaging. There's so many stories of women who have been marginalized by the culture, and this is where he camps out. These are the women that he pursues. And so I find that to be incredibly inspiring as a culture who doesn't really know what to do with a woman who's been a victim of trafficking, who has that title of prostitution. I find it to be a roadmap in scripture that Jesus says, these are the women that I pursue. And then Rich, at the beginning of chapter 8 in Luke, in, of, of Luke, he talks about three women that he um, cast out demons from, and they join him on his journey with the disciples. They become a part of his crew. And I just love that, because we see that same model happen to women who go through our program and find life in Jesus and then live a life for him as they exit our program. It's just beautiful.
0: You know, you say that and I think of Mary Magdalene and, and who was the yes. first one actually to see Jesus when he was risen? And and you're absolutely Mary Magdalene, right. um, yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's a pretty big deal when you think about it. Yeah. So um, yeah. we we uh will be running out of time for this segment. Um mm. but before we do, is this stuff really going on in Chicagoland? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it sure is, and beyond. Uh, Chicago land, Chicago in general, you know, is known um, to be a hub. You can find statistics all over the internet that talk about why Chicago, particularly, is a hub for sex trafficking. Obviously, because it's a large city. Um, but I think you have to be careful about statistics like that that kind of name certain places to be higher in sex trafficking than others, because what it does is it takes away. Um, the truth that trafficking happens in every community. It happens where I live in Wheaton. It happens in Naperville, the neighboring uh, suburb. It happens all over um, the community of the Chicagoland area.
0: Simone, let's do this. Let's pick up on that in just a bit. Coming up, we'll talk further with Simone Halpin, Executive Director of Naomi's House, about the steps being taken to end sexual exploitation. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you've missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we're talking with Simone Halpin, executive director of Naomi's House. And we've been talking about um, the ministry that they have to women who have been... um, caught in the sex trafficking uh, dilemma that we have. And we were talking about how this is not just something in the big cities, but it's, it's in Wheaton, it's in Naperville, it, it's pervasive. Um, S- Simone, so how is this happening in plain sight? What, what do we need to know?
1: Yeah, it's in plain sight because majority of sex trafficking happens online. So traffickers, often those pimps are grooming and recruiting women, young girls as early as 12, 13 years old. um, And they're preying upon those vulnerabilities. Uh, The grooming process can take anywhere from weeks to months, and he develops a relationship with her through different online platforms, including social media. So we just have to be really aware of what's happening and what our kids are involved in and who they're talking to, um, what these conversations are looking like, uh, because once the grooming process starts, it's really hard to kind of undo that process. And that is why it's happening in plain sight, because young girls are... Meeting up with older men, not knowing that he's a predator, that he's actually looking to groom her to become his next victim. And after a while, when he feels as if he's gotten her to a place where he's now, she's now dependent on him. That is when he begins to force her to sell her body to clients. Um, And that happens right here in every community, Rich, and that's why it's in plain sight. You don't see necessarily women walking along streets as much anymore and selling their bodies on a street corner that is less and less popular because it's much easier to be done online and through our digital interfaces.
0: Well, if, if I'm a parent and my, if, and my child is being solicited online, what am I looking for? How do I know this? What should I do?
1: Well, yeah, that's, there's a lot of questions there. And um, what you should do is what I'll start with is that you I'm a parent of four, two of my four kids are girls and one too little still to, to have a phone. Um, but the other one, my 12 year old, um, although she doesn't have her own phone yet, we're still in a very serious process and conversation with her about just awareness of what other people are looking for, um, when you're online. And so we, but by no means do we have this figured out and please don't use me as an example of someone who knows what she's doing when it comes to parenting. But I do know that a a trafficker is going to be looking for a a young girl who's going to, um, to, she's going to be caught into what he's doing in terms of making her feel special. She's going to be, she's going to lean that way. She's going to want to be told that she's pretty. She's going to want to accept the things that he wants to buy her. He wants, she's going to want to meet him, um, for coffee. And all the while, she's probably thinking she's meeting with someone who's safe, someone who's her age, someone who has pure motives. But that's just not the truth. And so often, traffickers are going to guide themselves. They're going to they're gonna pretend that they're somebody they're not. So we just need to be aware. We need to be in the business of our kids and who they're talking to, what they're talking about. We need to read their texts. We need to have control of their social media, not just to protect them as if it never were to happen, but to also look for opportunities to have dialogue to say this conversation looked like it potentially was dangerous. Talk to me about this. What does it look like to you? Here's what I see. We need to open those conversations up, not just pretend they're not happening. Does that make sense? There's a difference in protecting, but also giving room to discuss why this potentially was dangerous.
0: Oh yeah. You got it. You got to be uh, involved with the kids in that way. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so what, is this strategy? What's the law enforcement strategy to stopping all of this?
1: Yeah, well, it's it's a big um, undertaking for law enforcement. And so part of me just has a lot of empathy for those who are involved, because I know that it's, 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 it's overbearing, it's, it's, it's the issue itself is out of control. So it's hard to know where to even start. And my understanding with working from law enforcement is a big shift has happened and Cook County is really one of the leaders in helping this shift take place. And that is looking at women who are either arrested for prostitution or have prostitution on their records, um, looking at them as victims rather than criminals. Uh, That has been a huge help in this field in terms of providing resources for for women. And it's tricky, Rich, because women who have either been arrested for prostitution or have um, what's done? what they've done what's called survival prostitution, they don't look at themselves necessarily as victims, and so even that language needs to be, again, trauma informed. It needs to be empowering to her so she realizes what, what was done to you was illegal, and what was done to you was not right. That's a form of abuse. Um, so, law enforcement needs to be trained in that language. They need to know how to talk to women about potentially what was done to them being an illegal crime, um, and that's been that's one thing that law enforcement is doing. Other things that you'll see throughout the news are these sting operations that take, take place nationwide. And um, that's when FBI agents go undercover and they pose as buyers of sex. And then oftentimes when they show up for these appointments, they realize or they're, they're, they're rescuing women who are 18 years old and younger, um, where if that is the case, they are immediately flagged as human trafficking victims because underage prostitution doesn't exist. That is 100% um, a felony. And so they're helping rescue these young girls out of that situation and trying to provide them resources from the moment they meet them in hotel rooms all throughout our communities.
0: You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Simone Halpin, Executive Director of Naomi's House. And if you're interested in the ministry that they're involved in, then a wonderful thing to do would be to go to their website, naomishouse.org, and find out more about what they're doing. So let me, let me come back here. Okay, so um, what proactive measures are you uh, involved in with regard to combating trafficking? Obviously you are ministering to women and you've opened a house, and I'm very aware that uh, when you stepped into this, it was out of a, a desire and a heart, but, but just out of the blue. I mean, you did not have any background in this area at all.
1: You're absolutely right. Day one, no, I knew nothing about it. But before we opened the house, I just want to make it clear that we spent years, over four years, researching and educating ourselves um, with professionals who were in the field. So by the time we did open, we were still very green, um, but we did have a little bit of experience under our belt by the time we opened. I just feel like that's important to say. Otherwise, it's, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. really dangerous <laughs> for someone yeah, I, I'm so you glad can re-traumatize. You yeah.
0: To, to sure. me, though, the wonder is that this is not an area that this is an area you were actually called into. It's not an area that you right. desired yeah. or you were looking for, but out That's of right. out of seeing the need and, and and the calling of the Holy Spirit, um, you took the time, and you and others at uh, Moody have developed a very very real ministry that that is right. um, well informed, not not just out of the heart, but also taking the time to really build that ministry. Um, That's right. So, proactive measures to combat trafficking. Mm-hmm. Step number one: we've we've provided a house uh, mm-hmm. where where healing can take place. What else? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we have opportunities um, consistently to bring education and awareness to the community. So, speaking at churches, I speak at Lions Clubs, public libraries, colleges. I mean, we have an, an abundant amount of opportunities to just bring awareness and education um, to people who are interested, or maybe they're not interested, but they still get to hear about it. Um, So that's a huge piece of our ministry is speaking to the issue and then inspiring people to get involved in their own way. And then we also work closely with DuPage County Board um, and helping them develop tools to um, work with individuals who are adult industry business owners. And just recently we were a part of helping the DuPage County board pass a new ordinance that makes it more difficult on some levels for adult business industry owners to run their business in DuPage County. Now they have to have, they have to go through a more structured and, um, carefully watched, um, program, not programs. I'm losing the word here, but, um, it's an ordinance that provides License, more protection. Licensing
0: proc- process?
1: Yes, they do, have to, mm-hmm, they do have to go through licensing. They obviously they have to go through training on um, what human trafficking looks like if you're an adult business owner or manager. Um, and then there's other things that help just provide tools that protect women, particularly who work for these businesses. Um, and we were a part of developing that ordinance, and it was passed unanimously, which we celebrate Um, which was a great first step at a lot of levels for DuPage County to be proactive in combating trafficking.
0: Uh, Simone, thanks so much for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about Naomi's House and how to support your organization, how to get a hold of you for speaking engagements, all those (laughs) kinds of things? What can they do?
1: Sure. Yeah, well, starting to go to our website to start Naomi's House org, um, and we partner with people on all different levels. We are looking for volunteers who will use their gifts and their professional skills to pour into the women at Naomi's House. We look to partner with churches who um, want to bring opportunities to their people to get involved. We do presentations and education awareness opportunities, and then finally financially rich. We are a nonprofit ministry. We are so funded by individuals and churches and so for people to financially support us and get involved in that way speaks volumes to the women who come to our program because they know that the community is what is providing them the opportunity the community and the church is what's providing them the opportunity to start over and that message resonates in their hearts and brings them so much encouragement
0: if you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Rich Baker, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. You're going to have to serve somebody. Yes,
1: indeed,
0: you're going to have to serve somebody.